Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. I have made a great decision to be in the house of God today. Like... I don't know what everybody else does on a Sunday morning, but for me, it is, you know, there's no choice. It's the house of God every time. And baptism Sundays are a particularly special day because it is right what Luke said. It is the very reason why we exist as a church. It's the very reason that gets us out of bed every single day, not just on a Sunday, is to build the house of God, changing lives one life at a time and pointing people towards Jesus and therefore changing the trajectory of their life. And so I don't know if church is what you ordinarily do or not do, but I'm so glad that you made the choice to be here today. And I get the opportunity just to open the Word of God, open the Bible, and talk to you for a few minutes from the Bible to set up what we're about to witness today, which is your friends and your family going through the baptismal pool. I just leant across to my husband, Luke, and I just said, I just read something so funny yesterday about a guy who went into the baptismal pool with bath bombs in his pocket. (laughs) And so they just all went pop fizz and, you know, I don't know what he was doing with bath bombs, but I hope you've got no bath bombs in your pocket watching you guys. You know, I recently read an article about the amount of stores that used to once grace our high street that have closed down. The shops, the famous names that we knew that would dawn our high streets are now no longer with us. If you are over a certain age, you will remember CNA and Littlewoods, and you'll remember going to Woolworths as a child for all your school stuff. And who remembers buying their shoes from Freeman, Hardy and Willis? And um, these stores are no longer with us. Then we saw Blockbusters close down. We'd all go to Blockbusters for our videos. And more recently, Recently, HMV, Dixon's, Debenham's, they were all well-known brands and names that would line up on our high street that are no longer with us. And though the article was giving various reasons for their closure, there was one common thread, and that was they felt the pressure and the struggle to keep up with the now generation. They struggle to get, keep their products relevant to the fast and ever-changing pace of this generation, which led to their closure. And I want to help give a little bit of context and thought to you today as to why the church is still here. I want to give you a little bit of thought today as to why this ancient book, the Bible, is still as relevant to this generation today as it was to generations past. And that is because it is a book that doesn't just contain information, but within it there is revelation, which leads to transformation of your life. And so we have a book that though it's thousands of years old, it translates into every generation. Because when you read the words and apply what it says to your life, not just read the book, but do what the book says, then it becomes transformational and not just informational to you. And so that is why we're here today. That is why the Word of God is still alive and relevant. And I'm going to hopefully make this relevant to your life today. You know, 
we're all here today predominantly because we've come to celebrate and watch these guys and girls get baptized. And I don't know if going to church is what you do every single week, and I don't know if maybe you're here just on the back of an invitation. I don't know where you are in your journey of faith. I don't know if you are a believer or you are a skeptic, whether you believe there is a God or whether you've dismissed the idea of there being a God. But there is something that we will all have in common. And that is we cannot choose what happens to us in life. But what we may not all realize is though you cannot choose what happens to you in life, you do get to choose how you respond to what happens to you in life. You can decide. In a few minutes' time, when we get all the baptismals up on the platform, you will see they're all wearing a T-shirt that has this slogan on the front, I have decided. And what they've decided is, The normal trajectory of life is no longer for them, but they've decided to walk a different path. They've decided to bring God into their world and therefore allow him permission to be Lord over their life in every sphere of their life, not just on a Sunday, not just pulling him out the bag when a crisis hits their world, but they have decided that I'm not going to be subject to the things that happen to me, that I am not going to be a victim of the circumstances that surround me, but I have decided that I'm going to right place God and I'm going to follow his ways for my life. And that is why they're here. Do you know the biggest obstacle to people saying yes to Jesus, the biggest obstacle for people wanting to become a Christian is the fear of what everybody else would think. That's the biggest obstacle. Like if I decide to follow Jesus, what are my work colleagues going to think about me? I don't want to stand out I don't want to be different. What is the family going to think when I'm the one getting up on a Sunday and going to church? What are they going to think about me? And it becomes the greatest obstacle for you changing your life for the good is the fear of what is everybody else going to think. We have this innate desire to want to fit in. But have you ever asked yourself the question, why do I want to fit in? too normal. I mean, have you looked around lately and seen what normal is? Normal is debt. Normal is depression. Normal is fear. Normal is anxiety. Normal is envy. Normal is trust issues. Normal is worry. And yet, We have this desire not to want to stand out, but we want to be able to say that we fit in. But I would say the very fact that you're in church today would perhaps suggest to me that normal ain't working out all that too well for you. I would suggest that normal isn't working out all that too well for you. And there are some of you in here today who've decided to do an extremely brave and strange thing. You've decided to come to church on the back of that weird friend you have who goes to church every single week, who's become the weirdo who wants to get baptized. And you've come to see if their weird way of doing life with their God is any better than the way normal has been treating you lately. And I'm here to show you from the word of God that, yeah, 
it is a better way of life. So I want to take you to a story in the Bible that I think you will all remember from Sunday school. It's a really familiar story. It's the story of David and Goliath. David being the young boy who kills the giant, who slings his slingshot and sends a stone hurling through the air that hit the giant between the eyes and knocked him out cold. But what I want to have a look at is what happened prior to that fight. And I want to draw out a couple of points, and I think that you will find that these points apply to your life also. So just to give you a little bit of context, David is about 15 years old in this story. He is the youngest of eight brothers, and his older brothers are all in King Saul's army. But David is too young to be called up for national service, so David is at home. But David's father packs him out with some food and resources and says, I want you to take this food to where the battle is taking place. Go and take some supplies to your brothers. Now, the battle was taking place between the Israelite army and the Philistine army in a place called the Valley of Elah. And what would happen was the Philistines would be camped on this hill over here, and the Israelites, there was about 3,000 in the Israelite army, were camped on a hill over here, and the valley in the middle would become the battleground. And so David has gone under his father's instructions to take supplies to his brothers. And upon David delivering their brothers, this is what he discovers, that the Philistines have this mass weapon of destruction called Goliath. He's a man that is nearly 10 foot in stature. So he appeared to be like a giant compared to all of the other men. And Goliath, the battle has not yet started. This was going to be the initiation of the battle. Goliath would come out into the valley and he would look at the Israelite army and he would boom at them. He would laugh at them and he would ridicule them. He would mock their God and then he would challenge them, send a man to fight me. I mean, you can imagine his voice booming around that canyon, can't you? And the Israelite army froze with fear. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 11, that when Saul and his troops heard the Philistines challenge, they were terrified and they lost all hope. I just want to let you know that's how normal responds to a problem. Normal freaks out. Normal feels hopeless. Normal is filled with fear. This is the first point that I want to make to you today. The size of your God is bigger than the size of the problem you're facing. The size of your God is bigger than the size of your problem you're facing. So this 15-year-old boy is standing there when this Philistine giant comes out and begins to taunt Israel and slander their God. And this boy is looking at 3,000 soldiers that are paralyzed with fear. And he's like, what's wrong with everybody? Who's going to go and fight the giant? You see, this is a boy who saw the same as everybody else saw. He heard the same as everybody else heard. But this is a boy who had a completely different perspective 
Because he understands the God he knows in his heart is bigger than the problem he sees with his eyes. This is a boy who understood that if my God is for me, who or what can be against me? You see, David was, had this faith in God. He understood the greatness, and the magnitude of God. And he was like, there is no problem that is a match to my God. You see, normal sees the greatness of the problem, but the one who knows God sees the problem as an opportunity to prove the greatness of God. Normal feels like a victim, but the one who knows God knows that there is a victory coming. Normal freaks out with fear, but the one who knows God speaks faith with their mouth. And so David was looking at the army like, you've got this all wrong. And so with no military training whatsoever, remember he's too young for national service, this 15-year-old finds himself standing before King Saul and saying, I'll fight him. I'll fight the giant. I'll take out that, that giant that's slaying us and slating us. Do you know in our lifetime, from time to time, we're all going to have to face and fight giants. And our giants, they're not going to come in the way of 10-foot-tall, super-sized human beings, I hope. <laughs> But our giants are going to look like obstacles that overwhelm you, fear that grips you, the problem that presents to you. It's the bad health report that looks insurmountable. It's the broken marriage that looks irreparable. It's the size of the overdraft that you can't pay back. It's the ill health. It's the mental health or the anxiety attack. It's the voice of imitation that shouts you down and puts you down and makes you feel inferior. Like the voice of the giant made the Israelites fear. They were paralyzed on the hillside. And often... Just like Goliath was mocking the Israelites, you can sometimes feel like life is mocking you, right? Because you can feel like life is mocking you because I've no sooner just got over one giant and there's another supersized problem coming at me. And sometimes life feels like that. But David was not looking at the size of the giant and comparing him to the size of natural man. David's looking at the size of the giant and comparing him to the size of his God. And David's like, what is wrong with you? Because there's no one. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. The second point that we can draw out from this message is that you were not designed to fit in. You're not designed to fit in. Stop trying to be normal. Embrace weird. I do. It's great. <laughs> David stands before King Saul and he says, I will fight Goliath. Now Saul in this story represents the world of normal. So when David goes to Saul and says, I will fight this giant, do you know what Saul does? Saul starts telling him how he should fight the giant. Saul starts to say to David, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to wear. This is how you need to act. This is what you need to carry. This is what you need to look like. Isn't it funny how Saul, who did not have the confidence to fight the giant, now tells the one who's going 
trying to fight the giant, how he should be doing it. Isn't it funny those who have never raised teenage children yet are telling you what you ought to be doing with your wayward teenage child? Isn't it funny how the one who's never been married is giving you counsel over the behavior of your husband? You've got to be careful because the world will always want to tell you how you should operate and what you should do with the problem that you are facing. This is what happened to David. In 1 Samuel 17, it says that Saul, the king, he dressed David in his own tunic. He put his armor on David. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Then David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around but because he wasn't used to he wasn't used to them I cannot go in these he said to Saul because I'm not used to them so he took them off and then he went just dressed in his shepherd's clothing down to the brook and he took five smooth stones and he put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand he approached the Philistine so Saul says to David, if you want to go and face this giant, you've got to look like a soldier. So you need to dress like we dress. And he put his armor on David. And David tried walking around in all this armor. And David just said, this is ill-fitting for me. It doesn't feel right. I can't go out in this. So he took it off. The world will always tell you how you should respond and you should react to the problem that you're facing. And you know it would be the same for us as it was with David because David had to go to war with the opinions of others before he went to battle with the giant. And you will often find that you have to go to war with what other people are telling you you ought to be doing in your life. Because you're facing this, you should be falling apart. Because this is happening to you, you should be angry. Because you're going through this, you should be heartbroken. But you see, the flip side is, is that when your life is in the hands of God, you're not subject to natural emotion. You can choose your response. Why? Because you decide. And so we have to be people that make decisions for ourselves. We have to make, make be people that make decisions on how our life is shaping up. And we need to have the boldness and the audacity, like David said, when, hey, listen, I know you're trying to be helpful, but I'm not wearing that. I'm not allowing you to put that negativity on me. I'm not wearing that criticism. I'm not having you tell me because it happened to my mother and my grandmother that it's going to happen to me. No. I'm not allowing you to tell me that because my father was an alcoholic and my uncle's an alcoholic, it's going to happen to me. No, 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 no. I'm sorry I ain't wearing this. It doesn't feel right to me. And so the reason the coat of armor was ill-fitting on David is because it wasn't designed for David. It was never designed for David. It was designed for Saul. And when David put Saul's armor on, it didn't fit him because he wasn't designed for it. Do you know Genesis 1, right at the beginning of the book, God talks about your design. 
how you were designed and what you were designed for. And it starts by telling us that you and I are designed in the likeness and the image of God. Now, you might not know God in here today. You might be a skeptic and that's your choice. But the fact is, you are made in the image and the likeness of God and he has put purpose and potential within you. And you can't get away from that. And I'll tell you how you know that. Because the ways of the world feel uncomfortable to you because you were never meant to word disappointment. You were never meant to be lied to. You were never meant to be clothed in jealousy. And that is why you feel dysfunctional and you feel awkward and you feel depressed because you're trying to walk around with stuff on you that was never designed for you. God said, I never made you to be the way that they're telling you to be. I never made you to be fearful. I never made you to be a worrier. I never made you to be dysfunctional in that way. You're not meant to wear that stuff. It wasn't designed for you. So every soldier in the army, every soldier in the army has now got all the same uniform on. And when David put soldier uniform on, he looked the same as everybody else. But the problem was, when he put on the uniform that everybody else was wearing, he lost his identity to compliancy. And all of a sudden, he lost who he was. When you don't know who you are, you don't know whose you are, then you do as the crowd does. But when you find God, you discover your purpose and you discover your potential and you understand your identity and then you realize, I do not have to conform to the patterns of this world. And so when my friend speaks fear, I'm going to speak faith. And when everyone else says it's hopeless, I am going to know where my hope is coming from. And when they begin to freak out and and worry, I'm going to hold on to a peace that doesn't even come from this world. Why? Because I'm not walking the same path as the crowd. You see, the flow of normal is to do what everybody else does. But you've been called to be an individual. God doesn't want you to fit in. He's created you to stand out. I'm going to choose my morals and my standards according to the word of God. I'm going to choose the language that I speak. I'm going to choose the company that I keep. I'm going to choose the attitude that I wear. And if that offends you, then I make no apologies. If you call me weird, I make no apologies because you get one shot at this life. And I would rather follow a God who changes not than follow the crowd who change their mood, their minds, and their emotions daily. And so my third and final point is your battle is in your mind. David's battle was in the Valley of Elah, but our battle, our battleground is in the mind. You see, one of the things that Saul tried to put on David was a helmet, a bronze helmet, and it was ill-fitting. If you think of the Roman centurion helmets, they came down to the base of his neck, and it would have a bridge part on the nose. It hung low over his eyes. And and when this helmet was placed on his head, it covered his ears and it hung low over his eyes. And so when the helmet was sitting on him, he couldn't hear properly and he couldn't see clearly. And when you can't see clearly and when you can't hear properly, it clouds the way you think, okay? And, and, And so you'll find whenever you're facing a problem in life, 
You will lose perspective if you can't see clearly and you can't think properly. Whenever you're facing a giant in your life, it is always defeated in here before the battle is ever won out there. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your problem, you've got to win the war in here before you ever defeat the giant out there because how you think about it in here will affect how you conquer it out there. And if you've allowed other people to put their stuff on you, their opinions in your mind, their thoughts, their way of thinking on you, then you are going to struggle to have vision for your life and hear clearly what God is saying to you. So it is important. The mind is the the battleground, not the valley of Elah. And the enemy knows this too. The enemy knows that if he can defeat you in here, you will never live a great life out here. And you will remain forever stuck in fear, just like the Israelites who are stuck on the hillside, paralyzed with fear, unable to go into battle, unable to go home, they're stuck. The the enemy will rob years and years and years from your life, keeping you stuck because you can't defeat it in here. First, it is why 2 Corinthians 10 tells us that we're to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Listen, what does that mean? You can't help what pops into your head. I know, you want to be in my head some days. It's crazy. You can't help what pops into your head, but you choose what you give time and attention to. You choose what you think about. You need to think about what you're thinking about because if it's negative, critical, or destructive, you need to hold it captive and say, that ain't in my Bible. I'm not following that way of thinking. That's what it means. It's why it's Because wherever your mind goes, right, your life will follow. And it's why the author of Philippians said, listen, friends, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, Think the best and not the words, the beautiful and not the ugly. Look for things to praise and not to curse. You know, start speaking good about other people instead of highlighting and pointing out all of their problems. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard, what you saw, and what you realized. Do that and the God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. The writer is saying here, don't allow your circumstances to dictate your mood because that's what normal does. Normal looks at the surrounding circumstances and decides, this is how I'm going to feel because this is what's happening. Normal opens the curtains of a morning and says, oh, the sun's shining. I feel good today. Normal opens the curtains the next day and sees the rain clouds and the dark, wet weather, and just says, oh, I've just woken up feeling lousy today. Because normal looks at your natural circumstances and decides, based on what I see, that is how I'm going to feel. But the Bible says this, if you can change the way you think, then you'll change the way you see. And if you can change what you see, you'll change what you say. And if you can change what you say, you'll change how you live. You've got to make some choices. So David had gone with a different mindset. I'm 
thinking differently. David saw different than everybody else saw. He saw the giant compared to the size of his God. And he began to change the way that David spoke because he refused to do what everybody else did and he refused to wear what everybody else wore. So now dressed in nothing but his little shepherd's cloth and with his shepherd bag over the soldier, he marched over his shoulder, he marches down to the valley with both camps laughing at him. With both camps sneering at him. With both camps wanting a front seat to see him being torn from limb to limb. He goes down to the brook and he picks up five stones, puts them in his pouch, and he stands before the Philistine. And the Philistine laughed in his face, boom, 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 around the canyon. Just this laugh. And do you know what the Philistine did? He turned to the Israelite army and he said, am I a dog that all you can do is toss a stick at me? That's what he thought about David. He called him a stick. Am I a dog that all you can do is toss a stick at me? And we need to look at that Philistine. We need to look at our problems in the same way that David looked at this Philistine. And we need to declare to our situation as David declared to that Philistine. He said, today, the Lord will conquer you and the whole world will know there is only one God. When was the last time you looked at the state of your marriage and declared there is only one God and I'm not going to give room for any more animosity or arguing. When was the last time you looked at your overdraft, your health report or your kids and declared the greatness of God? You know what happened? David launches a stone. It hits the giant between the eyes. He drops dead. Well, he falls straight to the ground, knocked out cold. And it's really funny when you look at theologians debating this. They talk about the size of the stone and the smoothness of the stone and the weight of the stone and how David got such an accurate shot. And it's the way David was positioned to the way Goliath was positioned. And it was the aerodynamics of the size of the stone going through the air. It's people document say, do you know what I think? I think the hand of God took that stone and planted it right between the eyes of the giant. That's what I think. Do you know why? Because the battle was won in here before the fight had ever begun out there. So I don't know what you're facing today, but you have got to understand that God wants to have his way in your life. But until you defeat it in here and have a, I have decided moment, you will never change the circumstances that are pressing up against your life. David lived for the audience of one and not for the crowd of many because he said, I have decided how I'm going to live my life. I want to leave that thought with you for a moment. Because I want to pray with you and then we're going to get these beautiful men and women up on this platform today. I want to pray with you whilst you're seated. And I'm going to ask you, do you know who you are? Do you know who you belong to? Do you know the trajectory of your life? 
Do you know why you're here today? Can I ask you, have you decided? And if you don't know, and if you have not decided, this is your opportunity, right? Today can be the day of your salvation. Today can be the day that this book becomes transformational to you. Because we've just read a story that is over thousands and thousands of years old. But it's relevant and it's real and it means something to you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Father God, I thank you for friends and family sat in this place today. I thank you, Lord God, that we look to you, the one who designed us, created us, and called our lives into existence at such a time as this. And I pray today, Lord God, for anyone who is far away from you, or who doesn't know what it is to have a relationship with you, that in the next few moments of seeing just what happens to a life that is changed, that they would open up their hearts as forgiveness of their sin and let you in. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.